0: Once again, a big thank you to Wild Earth Australia for their continuous support and being a company that really believes in the adventurous lifestyle. Now, if you need any gear for your next adventure, running, hiking, camping, climbing, survival, you name it, there you have it. So go to the website wildearth.com.au and put in the 10% discount code DIARIES OF THE WILD ONES, all one word, capital letters. Free shipping Australia-wide, they even ship internationally. Okay, now this episode isn't an adventure story, but don't worry, we have heaps of adventure stories coming up, including my sailing stories, which everyone keeps asking me for. But of course, if I'm randomly hanging out with one of the world's leading condensed matter physicists, I'm going to record a podcast with him, and it just makes me feel like Joe Rogan. (laughs) So this episode is just so interesting, and at the start, there is a lot of big words and science talk, but then we really get the chance to ask Dimitri questions that just make you question life. And I left this episode with my brain hurting from thinking so much and so many more questions to ask. Rio is on again with me as a co-host who has become a favorite guest on the podcast. Here's from the episode I did called Conversations with Enlightened Elder which is still one of my biggest episodes today. So enjoy listening and enjoy your brain hurting from wonder and we'll be back on the adventure stories next week. Much love guys enjoy <laughs> what are you coming out about? I'm coming out
1: of my skin.
2: <laughs> okay.
3: So, Dimitri, uh, we've known you for a really long time. You know, probably at least two weeks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> two very long weeks.
3: <laughs> and in that period of time, you've, uh, you've expressed an exi- a desire to uh, tell it all and we're we're gonna give you the opportunity to do it
0: today <laughs> today's your opportunity yeah, to be able to just um just get everything off your chest just let it out today's uh, your bicycle day it's my bicycle day
1: <laughs> bicycle I, I don't remember any <laughs> I don't remember this instance what I had to express all <laughs> yeah um, so so what why don't do you, you why don't you to- ask me some questions about what you're most interested in hearing oh I had good,
3: remember that question I was gonna ask you Okay, yeah, this is okay, for for you guys out there in Radio Land, okay. Is it Radio Land or Podcast Land?
0: Podcast uh, Land. I think it's the same kind of land. Uh, San, I wonder if they're well, yeah. different lands. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What are, I,
3: are for you guys in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> <People laughs> is not Ireland. Ireland a weird name cuz it's like
0: Ireland? You talking about Ireland the country? Yeah, yeah, yeah. because
3: island. it's ire, they're pissed off and it's a place where pissed off people <laughs> live. <laughs> Ireland, I'm really uptight, and I live in Ireland, you know, it's like, isn't that But weird? are
1: they?
0: Are people? I, no, I've are met Irish some pretty awesome are. Irish they're people. They're
1: pretty relaxed, actually. Yeah, they, you I guys got name. I don't think they're pissed off at all.
0: I think well, their name only, doesn't betray them, so why uh, did they get that name? Is it a ye old English name?
3: Maybe it was an angry guy that named the country. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like, it so fuck, I'm pissed
3: we're in Ireland. He's
1: having a bad day. Yeah, he's having a rough day, yeah. <laughs> so I, I can tell this is a podcast in search of an agenda. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. We have an agenda. We have an agenda, yeah. All right. Okay,
3: tell There me. was Okay, there was a question. It's like for everybody out in podcast land, uh, Dimitri is a scientist extraordinaire. He's, he's written a paper with Dr. Goodenough, and is he's he? actually cited on that paper. And Doctor Goodenough invented the lithium battery
1: and won a Nobel Prize. He was one of the inventors of the lithium battery. Oh well, you know, yeah. fuck. I mean, that's pretty uh, good. So he won the Nobel Prize in chemistry.
0: Yeah. So what did you have? Like, how are you? <laughs> how are you? Like, what? What input did you have on that paper? Like, what? Where is your expertise? Like, being a scientist, like, what type of science are you? Are you studying? Are right. you? So so on that
1: paper, actually, on that very famous set of papers by John Goodenough, I had absolutely no no contributions whatsoever. Um, but the thing that is um, interesting about the John Goodenough stories is about a fellow that was trained as a theorist and managed, as a physicist, as a theorist. So he managed to bridge the, the linguistic gap between physics and chemistry. And Uh, physics and chemists talk about sometimes the same thing, but... They will express themselves from different perspectives, different viewpoints using different, somewhat different concepts and different languages. But in the end of the day, it's all about electrons and atoms moving around and yeah. some sort of potential having interactions between themselves and the environment around them that makes stuff works. And, and the thing that was really uncanny about John Goodenough is that he used very simple theories and, and with an uncanny intuition, about physics and chemistry, and he made some great discoveries. So my, my relationship with John, which is just on a couple of papers, was that he came up with certain theories about uh, um, the conduction of electrons in oxides in the 1950s and uh, somewhat seminal work, which was largely forgotten. It was oh, largely wow. forgotten for about 40 years. And all of a sudden... Um, people started realising that this class of materials, and we won't get into the details of that, were interesting, were interesting for a number of reasons. Um, You know, there could be good sensors They could be used as alternatives to magnetic read-write heads and computers, all sorts of different cool stuff. But the thing that, they behave oddly, they behave in in, in a way that conventional theories just would not be able to capture. And all of a sudden, we're finding these papers by this fellow called John Goodenough, that were written in the nineteen fifties.
0: Like, how did you had someone heard of the papers? Like a theory well, yeah, you, came you, up, and someone's like
1: literature, in literature searches. Yeah. You know, you will do a literature search and you say, okay, what's the earliest paper in this compound? And you find all of a sudden John Goodenough was there. He had most of that stuff figured out. <laughs>
2: oh, wow. And and
1: the thing that made a difference, and this is something that you find in science and technology all the time, is that there are theories out there um, that that are interesting that may remain dormant for, for decades or centuries. And and then there is some uh, piece of equipment or some new technology that allows the measurements to test them.
0: Yeah, to be real- oh, So you can wow. go back across those theories and like...
1: And verify them and say, well, you know, did they get it right? Is this an appropriate model for the system that you're looking at? So So what we found is that, you know, we had new techniques in understanding electronic conduction in, in looking at electrons, in looking at the response of atoms around these electrons. And we could measure that. We could actually physically measure these effects that were predicted forty years ago. And and that was that was a breakthrough. So when you think about somebody like John Goodenough is someone that has not only contributed to um, to, to batteries, but contributed, contributed to high temperature superconductivity, to manganites to colossal magnetoresistance, a whole plethora of different fields. This guy was really smart.
3: So how, yeah.
0: how did he really work smart. it out without the the instruments that you guys had to work it out? Like, what, <laughs> where did his where did his theory come from? Uh,
1: look, a lot of it is just um, understanding some of the basic rules of physics and chemistry, and imagination. You know, how did you know? Look at Einstein's. Um, Prediction of gravitational waves—you know the ripples in space-time. Um, you know, you know this comes out of predictions in special relativity. Nobody had actually seen, really seen and measured gravity waves. No one. I mean, we had effects. We were seeing effects uh, of the bending of light yeah. uh, from one star through another star. You're getting this gravitational lensing effect, yeah. and this was postulated as evidence that actually gravity waves exist, and, you know, and that's verification of Einstein's special, um, uh, theory of special relativity. It was not until just a couple of years ago where the LIGO experiments uh, did this incredible, it was, you know, the size of the experiment is just fantastic, just use interferometry and, um, and just use interferometry to actually measure the ripples in space-time. And this is 100 years plus, you know, since... Uh, you know the, you the, the proposal, the, theory, the proposal yeah. for special relativity. So, so you know these experiments that were done two years ago were clearly not possible when Einstein made made this these proposals for special relativity. But they are possible today, and this is the thing that makes it exciting. You know, there's a whole bunch of interesting stuff, uh, interesting ideas waiting to be tested. So, out in there. your field, mm-hmm.
0: in your field, have you had penny drop moments? Uh, in your field, have you? Had discoveries that have changed the way that we think, or like changed what we thought we knew uh,
1: well, yeah, I would like to claim so whether that is actually true or not it's another it's another it's another matter because this is what your peers judge right yeah I had moments which I really enjoyed I did some science which I really liked and i and I've really found fascinating, and certainly, I would like to think that they've made a contribution in our understanding of special types of um, interactions that you find in matter. Um, and uh, but, you know, OK, the, this the the sometimes you don't know until years later, decades later, whether that actually had a really tremendous impact. So, yeah, sure. I mean, I've, I've, I've published papers in physical review letters in nature, nature materials. Um, you know, these are what you call high impact journals. Um, the test of time, though, you know, you know, is the test. You know, are your papers still cited 100 years after you passed away? That is the ultimate test. Do you ever think? So a lot of papers, you know, most papers you should you should capture this. There the more scientists on the planet now than they have ever lived in its entire history. There's a lot of people with PhD degrees working in laboratories producing work. Most of that work is uncited, or it's cited once or two times. And sometimes even cited by just the authors themselves. Very few papers get cited a lot and and the real test of the worth of a paper it is is it still cited 10 years 20 years 100 years after it was written because then that was a seminal paper that that is a paper that really made a difference
0: it's the source material people mm. always go yeah. back to that so then with what you know as being atoms and the relationships with atoms to like how they how atoms react right on all the information that that you know and that you've studied is it safe to say that it's still all theory like as in the laws of the universe and the laws of like what we know to be true is this still just theory always you, you know what it's i mean always going to be theory like is it you yeah. know what i mean like where yeah, do you sure. sit it's on like be like being a scientist it's like you know like when you just meet someone that maybe you just done a science they're like no this is how it is because yeah. i've learned this and blah blah like but are we constantly learning and evolving constantly Refiguring out how the universe works? Like, do we actually... Do you guys think that we actually know how it works?
1: Uh, no, I don't think that we really know how it works, but that doesn't mean that we're ignorant. And it doesn't mean that it's just equations on a paper. Yeah. Um, you know, science works by developing ideas which are testable yeah. in a robust fashion. There are always limits to the test and there are always limits to the theory. You know, it's it is it is asking the question of well how deep is the ocean well is is always as deep as 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 deep as i can go yeah but or it an, may be or deeper an, or <laughs> or until right. somebody digs a new hole in the bottom <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, so so, so, so in, it's, it's always deeper, right? But you just Oops. don't know how much deeper. But, but you know it is as deep as you have gone. Okay. So, so um, now we know how a lot of stuff works because we make a lot of things work, right? This podcast is y- – you can record this podcast because there is a lot of stuff about the universe and about nature that we understand and that we can control. Right, it's science. It's it's fundamentally science, yeah.
0: right? Um, like the, they figured the, out those laws, the, and it's like, okay, well, these laws yeah. exist on this realm. Like this realm, it's like yeah. we know these, uh, these until laws. until
1: you find the exception. And I think what you'll hear a lot about, if you mix in the in the science community, you will always hear about the new physics, the new biology, the new chemistry. Mm-hmm. What they're referring to is 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 the space where. What you understand is doesn't quite hold, oh. or there are questions, or there are issues, or there are ambiguities that that could be resolved.
0: What do so, you, what do you so, think? So,
1: um, so this is this is where it gets interesting, right? I mean, you're not going to sit down and and, and reinvent Newton's laws of motion because we understand those. I mean, this yeah. is not all. This is not new physics. It's old physics. But if you're going to find a place where you know in in the heart of a black hole where these laws of motion break down, that is interesting because, you know, this is something that you don't understand and what scientists always search for is the things that they don't understand or refining better the things that they do understand if they find new, new boundaries to them.
0: What, mm. so, so you being a researcher of atoms, like so you're researching your science is on the atomic level. What for you do you think is the biggest question on the atomic level? Like, is there anything that really stands out of like the laws that they just that you just you yourself or your peers or like your colleagues just can't figure out?
1: So, so what? What I think, what is the holy grail that we kind of all aspire to, at least in my field, is to to have an intimate control of the behavior of electrons around atoms. So, um, and why is that? If if you can control the behavior of electrons around atoms, then you can have access to a whole bunch of really cool phenomena. For example, things like superconductivity at room temperature. I mean, I would guess most most condensed matter physicists will say if you could achieve superconductivity at room temperature, that would be like the holy grail.
0: So, superconductivity is that making at room so temperature? So let me let me tell you what that is. Mm. What
1: what it is? It is the 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 lossless conduction of electrons. Yeah, free flow. Uh, which, which, So free-flowing current, electrical currents with, which face absolutely no resistance zero whatsoever. Loss. So the that would make
0: loss. water boil in a second and water unboil in a second? No, what would it that would that mean that is-,
1: is lossless conduction of power over long distances. Yeah. It would so mean very high magnetic fields. Yeah. So electrons can just travel
3: yeah. frictionless. There's, frictionless, no, there's so. no loss of it,
0: any transfer of energy. So if you figured that out, would that mean energy, like as in what, literally powers our houses and everything, yep. could just be like sent without losing any?
1: Yeah, it would be 100 percent efficient. 100% you're always going to get some efficient. loss because you're going to have some interface. At the moment, that is possible. It's very possible. Uh, you know, at, uh, With, at so low temperatures, get, yeah, low temperatures. We yeah. we can do it at at minus 100, 120 uh, degrees Celsius. But getting that at room temperature would not require the infrastructure of cooling the superconductor yeah. down to get these properties to manifest themselves. So that would be one of the holy grails. But it theoretically, would also represent um, you know, a really interesting situation because to be able to get electrons to behave in that, in that manner, you need to have um, a background of atoms that the background that emanates from atoms to, to be as quiet as possible right uh, otherwise they'll you know these these effects will, will may not may not manifest okay. so no, if I, you could I, manipulate
0: yeah. what oh wait, if you can manipulate the electrons around an atom hmm. so that obviously that opens opens up to the, the world of yeah. possibilities right yes. but would there be like what are the effects that could have on nature like, are you guys, like, looking at, like, okay, if you can manipulate electrons, is, like, is there, like, what are the side effects of that? Is there side effects as in, like, radiation from that on no, people no, or is there no, side effects? No, it's effects, happening
1: on like, a very different scale. It's happening It's happening on a different scale at a very low power. It's not something that all of a sudden you're going to make all the electrons on the planet behave, yeah, you know, like widely, like, right? <laughs> all these all this <laughs> things will happen. You know, look, it's... someone
0: mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Your mushrooms could be more interesting or less interesting. Uh, no, th- this this is what happens inside devices. This is what happens inside technology. Like,
0: so how um, do you do it? Like, how are you trying to manipulate electrons? Like, it, 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 are you, how do you capture an atom that has electrons bouncing around it? How do you grab that? And right now, how are you trying to manipulate?
3: Tiny whips.
0: <laughs> Get in there. <laughs> bugger. <laughs> like, are you just trying to train it? Like... Yeah. Like, so so um <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can do it in many different ways and it's been done in many different ways. It's been done anywhere from what you would call josephson junctions. It's been done on 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 the surfaces of metals or or certain types of metals. The the key thing that you're doing here is you're using and, and I'm trying not to get technical. I'm trying to keep this at such a at a high level so yeah. you know the, the main ideas go through but um, the, the, the key thing is every, the key thing to realize you know nature is really ruled by symmetry right like Everything, balance yeah I mean look if you, if you take a leaf right usually there is one one axis on that leaf that is more or less the leaf is symmetrical around that axis right it has the mirror image one side to the other right you know mm-hmm. that's symmetry that's a natural symmetry that happens in nature yeah, like us
3: having two arms and two Us
1: two arms, yeah. Um, the middle. You, know, you know, there is mm-hmm. there is the symmetry on in nature on many different scales, on the, you know, the scale of a leaf, but it's also on the scale of atoms. And and the thing that we have understood is that if you actually start taking advantage of the symmetries, of so these fundamental symmetries that you find in nature, then you can get to the point that you can start controlling the behavior of electrons around atoms to a very high precision. Um, so part of it is, can you sit down and, and lay, uh, a film, which is one atomic layer thick, or can you sit down and make a dot, which is just only a few atoms? Um, there are techniques now that, that will give you that, but fundamentally to make all that work, you've got to understand symmetry and you've got to start developing tools to manipulate that symmetry. And we're getting close. I think we're getting, you know, there's, um, um, developments in in fields. If you want to look this up, topological insulators, um, for example, where where you are utilizing symmetry to that advantage, and and you start having great control over the conduction of electrons, uh, and that has a lot of possibilities from you know quantum devices to memory storage, quantum computing, normal computing Uh, etc 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 so 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 uh, that's that's one of the new frontiers it's and just to go just a little bit deeper and and not to lose everyone it's not only the charge of the electron that you worry about it's also the spin of the electron um an electron has a magnetic moment so and and you can control that actually a lot of the new technology is all about controlling the spins of the electrons
2: Mm.
0: so manipulating in a way do you use that by like magnetic charges or something to yep. like it's spinning yep. one yep. way and then you yep. put a magnet on it to try let make it spin the other now because everything's in symmetry the, would you
1: in, in, in the quantum
0: world it would be spinning up or spinning down right yeah so to do it in symmetry do you have to do like two electrons at a time like opposite or like do you, you could just... do it one electron at a time and it'll manipulate the other one. Because yeah. symmetry, symmetry the, one. the
1: symmetry of the electron is in the fact that it could be spinning upwards or mm. spinning downwards. So, what
0: if you change one electron? If you just manipulate one, will the others just mimic it? If, if they're in that one, you one would, field of an atom, uh, yeah, if they're in a
1: what you would call a quantum entangled state, you would one electron would know if the other electron is in a different state, and it will because of conservation laws it will assume the opposite state so
0: so yeah you can do things like this i always picture atoms like when i think about it as just tiny little universes are they <laughs> are they Are they?
2: what would you have to say um, about
1: that this is, this is no men in black where you can open a little thing and there's a whole bunch of race in, inside of a little, well, of a could little it, box
3: could but, it keep but, getting but, smaller, yeah, and, look, smaller look, and smaller and smaller like the, universes get smaller the, and smaller uh, and smaller Yeah, like a the universe in terms atoms, yeah.
1: of if you talk about a universe in terms of interest and complexity and wonder uh, every atom could be its own universe Right. I mean, we we often in, in in the world of condensed matter, we will say, you know, lithium iron or lithium cobaltate, um, you know, that in itself is so rich in terms of physics and chemistry that it's a universe in itself. Right. You, so so um to answer your question. When you say a little universe, not in the way that you're thinking about it. But in the
0: terms of, in the definition of universe.
1: But not in the definition of universe, but in terms of interest and wonder. Yeah, it is a universe. People people know, I know people that have studied a single element their entire professional life because it's so interesting to them and it's so rich. and, and, well, and could, you need these people because they dig deep into the details and, could uh, could the could universes go in both directions from
3: like let's say we're here right now we're a universe right and is it because I've always thought this that possibly you know we're just we're our universe is just maybe uh, an atom in a um, in a, not, a In somewhere. a nylon carpet somewhere That's what in, a, was in, in another say. universe. That's what was which is like say. so phenomenally larger than ours that we can't even mm. it's unimaginable. Mm. That's what I was saying. Like we one atom in some and catch then, in another. And then the maybe we going in reverse, like a like an electron, might be like contain, you know, millions of galaxies and Milky Ways and all this kind of shit. And then even in that goes further lower and you know, so there's an infinite direction in both directions.
1: You know what I mean? Is that do you reckon? Do you ever thought about that? Um, sure, there's lots of ideas of what a universe may, our universe may be or may not be, but um, there's no experimental fact for that. What about you know, alternative realities? The, 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 or the, what if we get The, the, experimental, up in a the <laughs> experimental facts that we know about <laughs> our universe is, is, there was a single event called the Big Bang, right, where yeah. all mass, all known energy was condensed to a single point, which exploded, and detonated, and and, and that, from that Big detonation. Uh, planet, stars and planets and dust came into being and this is the universe that from we understand where? so that the that is the, the big existential question is you know where was that stuff from and science doesn't offer an answer to where that stuff came from all that energy all that matter to begin with well, yeah. you know what how about was that alternative generated?
0: universes like
1: there are there is you know, string string theory which is one theory that it you know was very much into vogue um well, I've done talks about talks about <laughs> multiple <laughs> universes but that you know that is a theory that is just has not been proven so so in science it's not about speculation you know and if i'm going to sit down and wear the scientist hat yeah, you know, I, it is not about speculation. It's about what well, can I measure? It can I see it? Can I get any yeah. evidence and any proof mm. for mm. that me point touch of it. view? And, yeah, I, and, to and I don't know of any evidence yeah. so you, that would suggest to, uh, uh, it would suggest multiple universes. At least I'm not aware of any credible evidence. Yeah. I have a question for you, right? Okay, right. I've thought about this often since since I've known you for so long.
3: Uh, <clears throat> what's the biggest fuck up you ever had, and no one knew it because you were smarter than they were? <laughs> <laughs> of course, I will never admit to that.
2: <laughs>
3: no, you just kind of hint around the. Internet. I don't know. I've
1: forgotten it. I mean, the best things about these big, big screw ups in your life that you don't want to admit is that you want to forget them. And you do. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, well, you know, off the record, we will not tell anybody.
0: <laughs> just, say, like, just, say, like, just. All like, right. So I,
1: so I will own up. I will own up. I did write a paper and okay. I claimed. A certain symmetry for a certain compound that ended up being wrong. <gasps> Did know. anybody find out? Yeah. Oh, so that's yeah. A, that's... friends of mine find out and called me and said, "I think you screwed up." Really? <laughs> and yeah, and right. the first and they, part they of they were your equation, right. The, the, I, you know, it was. It's a subgroup of the symmetry which is correct, but it was. You just didn't one carry group. an eight. Yeah, you, you make mistakes. Science is making about mistakes okay, so, and you learn from
0: your mistakes. So you being a science, mm-hmm. scientist and being a scientist on like the atomic level, right? So you were just saying before, it's like, so as a scientist, you look at like life and the universe for what you can measure and make sense mm-hmm. of. So, what about spirituality? Like, do you live a different life from your heart compared to your mind? Like, Mm. do you have, like, other beliefs or, like, things that, like, you see? Like, just before, how we're talking about alternate realities, and then I slipped in as a joke. I was like, oh, I've done DMT before. (laughs) Like, ayahuasca, you know what I mean? I was like, and in that, I felt like I went to alternate realities. It's just like, and I often wonder the connection there with science and this connection with the spiritual world of, like, you know, like this oneness – through, maybe not oneness is a word, but it's like the atomic level, right? And it's like, we are all atoms and we're all made up of atoms and everything's energy and everything's interconnecting with everything. And it's then like, so then when you're measuring that as a scientist, then when you have like these Buddhists or these monks, these spiritual people saying like, when you get yourself in tune with this science, it's like you can manipulate that through your own mind or like you can be more connected to that through feeling because everything is just atoms Bouncing around and like doing the same thing and like it's just energy, and like where do you sit on like that? Really, would you say like really far left? Like you know that spirituality to the to the science. Like where are you at with the science of all those things? Right. Okay. Good. Um, good question and some interesting points to make there.
1: Um, scientists are people and. But, but science is a, if you like, it's, it's a way of thinking and looking at the world to be able to reach conclusions which are robust.
0: Like rationalization. Okay. Rational,
1: rational conclusions which are robust and testable. Okay. Yeah. Science is not a religion. And science contains no path to spirituality. You've got to, you've got to see science for what it is and not for what it isn't. Okay. But people do science. People are scientists. And um, there, there is often, often there is a temptation or there's a push to connect the two. Yeah. And mm-hmm. what happens there is the, the, the work of a scientist looking at the world, you know, through the scientific method, gets mingled up with the faith of a scientist.
0: Or like the ideology of a scientist. The faith, yeah, whatever yeah.
1: faith, whatever belief, religious mm-hmm. system they may, they may aspire to or... Or, or follow and faith is not science yeah faith is not about science faith is about blindly believing in something yeah unquestionably okay yeah. because in your mind in your heart you accept that to be true
0: okay? and that would be- so
1: so faith in a way kind of violates or goes against the premises of science because you know faith is not testable to the way that a scientific theory is testable you can't make a measurement well, I mean, I can I can test someone's faith by saying, you know, uh, <laughs> jump off the <a> ridge, <laughs> you know, jump jump yeah. jump off the cliff, and if your faith, you know, makes you think that an angel will swoop down and 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 save you, you know, we, we can test that, but that's not really
0: it what we're says, talking like, about. It's kind of valid, like, so 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 know.
1: so. But but you brought a whole bunch of points in in in, in your question, um, in terms of spirituality, you, you talked about people that obviously have a lot of influence over their bodies, right? They they can control their bodies to incredible levels, right? Yogis that can bury themselves and be dug up after a month, right? And they're still alive because they can control the metabolism, right? Um, and yes, you can talk about those effects being to the level of electrons and atoms and having that finite control. Um, but ultimately, there'll be a scientific explanation into exactly the mechanics yeah. of how, how they can have that level yeah. of control. Yeah. Um, but through spirituality or through discipline, and you can call it many different things, they have managed to achieve that. And I think what these people show to us is the, the the limits that we can drive our bodies and the limits of what scientific understanding provides for us. And the thing that you learn about science, at least the the first, the first, one of the first classes I did in physics was about understanding uncertainties when you're making measurements. That means, in the big picture, means you don't always know everything and understanding the limits of knowledge, but also accepting the limits of where you actually have no knowledge.
0: Mm. Right. So a true scientist would have to have an extremely open mind.
1: I would like to think that. Look, I, I don't want to get into what is a true scientist or not, but I think yeah, but in like- science, it's healthy to have an open mind, and a questioning mind, a mind that says, well, you know, is that really true? Can I test that? Is it a hypothesis? Is there a way I can set up the problem that I can test it? But I, I think it would be dangerous for a scientist to always say, well, I know absolutely everything, because I know that not to be true. I think most scientists, working scientists, will accept that there is... If you knew everything, if if... If science knew everything, there'll be no job for scientists. <laughs> you, know, <we're> mm. <laughs> you know, because when, there'll be no new
0: things to understand, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, when you walk into a room mm. and there's someone in that room that maybe is like extremely grumpy or angry or something, right? And, and, you, and you, you feel that. Mm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, we say it, we talk about like yeah. bad vibes or like, yeah. you, know, you, know, you know, you haven't said anything, maybe you haven't even interacted with this person, you can just tell. Through their energy, like you maybe you've not even looked at that person, you know, you know, how like we've all you feel that, yeah. like, and we, we say, like, oh, bad yeah. vibes. Yeah. Would this be is there just a way, like, when I think about something like this, I think about on the atomic level that that person and that energy that they're putting off is affecting like the atoms around them and like bouncing. Is there like a sure. scientific sure way they, for that to like what? is it because I would think yeah. that would that think would be so. something you could measure, like. You know
3: what I mean? Like we might not have the equipment to measure it right now, but I would imagine like at some would you point we will think that that's you know?
0: plausible. That like that person, like there, because it's like something that I feel, and I'm like, okay, am I just feeling this or like you know, it's like like if I walk into a room, there's like a really grumpy person, and it's like a, I can feel it. it's like, oh, like it's like a safety mechanism or something that it's like an intuition that I have picked up. Hmm. Maybe intuition's a thing, and it's like sometimes hmm. I think I wonder if they can measure that. Like the science, it's like that person's behavior is putting off a certain energy that's interacting with all the atoms around him and then the atoms around me, like my aura or whatever it is, this energy, like, you know, kind of... I I, I don't see any mechanism that
1: actually such a thing would be plausible or possible. And neither do I think that you need such a mechanism or dream up with such a mechanism. I I don't think it's needed because I, I think human beings have emotional intelligence. You can detect that someone is grumpy, you have an emotional reaction to someone that is grumpy Uh, you react off that mood and I think it's just your own neurons in your own mind responding to the perception that someone in front of you is grumpy and it has nothing to do with anybody setting up any aura or any field or anything like that you are seeing a situation in front of you and you are responding to that situation the way that that you would, right? Now, if a grumpy person makes you nervous or annoys you, that's how you're going to feel. There is no energy or other mechanism needed to disturb electrons or force fields or anything like that around that person to explain what you're feeling. Uh, it's just so, so, this is the thing about, yeah. about science. Are there, is there a simple explanation? You know, to to describe what I'm seeing in front in front of myself rather than a complicated one. You know, it's the famous phenomenon, famous action of across race. What is the simplest I think you're onto oh, yeah.
3: something. Yeah, I think you're onto something. Because it's like what he's asking you about. It's like not is if it like, like an, an anti stink ray or something. You know, that you can wear like a badge. It puts out a vibe bad that vibe. counteracts their bad vibes, right? And it's just like you so you walk in a room, somebody's in a really bad mood and you just
1: Oh, flick this on.
3: <laughs> and <laughs> then you know, just like you're not affected anymore. It's like they could be right. like tripping out, and you be. Well, saying. I
1: just know, like I don't any science that points to that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just be like, I oh, you know, Nah, <laughs> not for me. You know what? Not. You got to be more open-minded. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you need it. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think this stuff. I think there's simpler ways of you understanding people. You haven't met some of his girlfriends. Okay? <laughs> If that's the introduction to them, I don't think I want to. No,
3: no it's only they get like that after they've known them for a while. Right? It's like
0: <laughs> they're usually really nice to start with. Uh, anyway, right. I'm I'm so interested in this because it it's just bringing up so many questions. Okay, where do you sit on? Is it the law of observation, like with atoms? Like, you know, when that, 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 I, I'm sure heaps of people ask you this. It's like, you know, when they're shooting atoms through, um, oh, b- through double a gap, they shoot yeah. a whole heap of atoms, it, 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 it fires straight and as soon as they don't observe it, it goes through and it, and goes erratic and well, maybe not erratic. It's, it's not collapsing. You if, you, yeah.
1: if you, if you, too, if you shoot two, if you shoot, uh. Photons through two slits, you get an interference pattern on the on the screen. I mean, that's what happens. It's you're, you're testing the
0: wave particle duality here. So, why? What's that theory about when we're observing it? It right. happens so, one so, way. So, what,
1: what what I think you you're pointing towards is um, is the observer perturbing the system that they're observing, or they're just a passive and benign observer? Yeah. Right. Mm. Um, And, um, that is, that is something that is, you know, it's, this is not a new concept. This is actually the way that you should be thinking about measurements in, in whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, you always got to think about what is, what is the pathway of detection of an event or, or a parameter that you're trying to measure? And, and are you, are you actually driving that or is it, or you're a passive observer? So, so, um, it depends on the circumstances, right? Um, but it's always something that you've got to take into account. And sometimes you're actually deliberately perturbing the system. Right, you're, and and that's part of your experiment. Other times, uh, you've got to correct for the fact that you've made an observation. But, how, but, but how there's always the, the fact that you're interacting, the fact that you're interacting, or you're measuring something, it means that something is interacting, whether it's interacting.
3: Yeah, it always is. Ha,
1: ha, you know, but
3: strongly how you or lightly
0: is, is, is. How always do you, the
3: how do you interact strongly, or lightly? Though I mean, like observations, how, is observation.
0: Like how are you influencing it? By you observing it, how are you influencing that atom? Just by observing, would that mean that you're putting off energy? To you're change collapsing.
1: The... You're collapsing the probability. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're you're se- you would typically send in a probe. You know, you will send in, you know, a beam of light or perhaps some electromagnetic radiation. You would deliberately do something, and,
0: and that action will have an effect on the system. Like that you're unconsciously, at. out of my body, of just observing at something.
1: Look, you know, that we detect neutrons, for example. By getting them to interact with helium atoms, when they interact with a helium atom, they meet an electron. You measure that charge, and and you say, okay, if I measure a charge, then I know uh, a neutron has passed, you know, through my detector, right? So you never see a neutron directly. You see a neutron by the 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 charge that it has caused right so so this is actually very typical in a lot of types of measurements okay Mm. you would never see something directly you would you would you would assume that an event has happened because you saw something else right uh so so you recorded it but you actually didn't see so so so, so in in certain you know in certain realms of quantum physics this is actually a real issue and and yeah you do affect Directly the outcome of the experiment by the fact that you have observed it. I mean, but that's something that you
0: design for or not, if, right? Right. I, this, I, it's not it's a, like a air a, right here. Yeah, like just around my hand, oh. like like just just around me right now in the air in yeah. the space around me. Is there a whole heap of atoms yep. and electrons flying it's, around? It's gas. Now, now yep. is my my hand right? It's made out of like when you go right down to the atomic level it's a bunch of atoms and neurons or atoms and, and electrons flying around, right? Is this a is this right? Mm-hmm. Now what happens if I move my hand around in this circular motion? Am I pushing aside? Am I making these gases, these electrons around me, move? Am I am mm-hmm. I yeah. making them now, how far does that wavelength go? Now this is just where I'm getting at this is just like hang on a second in between you and I Rio you're mm-hmm. sitting across mm-hmm. from me in between you and I there's a bunch of electrons and and, and atoms a bunch of atoms right with mm-hmm. electrons flying around them. now my hand is made of them and when I move or whatever it's affecting is that affecting like when I move like is there like
3: yeah I can feel it
0: <laughs> no but it's just like is there a way that like I'm just saying, like, on a level, like, that I'm moving this and it's just a wavelength and it's, like, you know, kind of like the breeze going around. Yeah, you're creating a pressure
1: difference and you're feeling the pressure. I mean, I'm feeling the breeze on my skin right now and I'm just feeling the flow of gas, you know, through my skin. The fact that actually cools me down. It takes energy away from the surface of my skin, right, through these collisions and I'm feeling that I'm being, you know, cooled down. So you're measuring pressure differentials. So Uh, You don't always, you know, you don't always need to run to the picture of electrons and atoms you know the yeah. you can always describe things on a different scale which is much more of a collective behavior oh. and that's more convenient right um if we were talking about sucking out all the air out of the room right then you start you know you you want to be measuring the single you know last molecule that comes out of the room as uh, well uh, atoms
0: so. intelligent like, where I'm getting at, where I'm thinking this, I'm thinking this in, like, such a deep level. I'm thinking, like, I wonder if me moving my hand like this, right? There's information in oh, my atoms that uh, make up my hand, yeah. right? And then when I move these ones, it's like they've connected to these other atoms and, like, moved them. But I'm wondering if there's been an exchange of, like, intelligence there. Yeah. And so by the time that those electrons move to you, it's like I'm wondering if... you. Or the atoms or one of your atoms, yeah, like, almost, end up, yeah. like, getting information from that. I'm just kind of, I'm still kind of stuck on the, the bad vibe thing because yeah. there's so many times I walk into a room and you're like, you haven't even met someone in the room, you just know they're in a bad mood, and you're like, oh. Yeah. And then you start stepping lightly, and I, I just often wonder, it's like, how am I picking up on that? Like, how am I feeling that? I'm like, wondering, is like, is, it, is there something they're putting off? I'm just wondering if there's uh, yeah, information but, but, going but through But I the think air. you
1: should be looking for answers in neuroscience as supposed to in physics or chemistry? Yeah, right. So and not the not the quantum, not the quantum world. I mean, it, I think it's it's you know perhaps this quantum stuff happening in your in your own brain, and and there is charge transport in your own brain. But I think it's about how how quickly do you read a situation uh, in front of you emotionally, if you like. I mean, yeah. there, there, there there's a lot of interesting results in neuroscience that that talk about. Um, you know, talk about fighter pilots or, 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 or soldiers that have made very, very quick decisions, life of death decisions, that they did that on very, very little information. You know, it's, yeah. the, it's the guy that fires up the anti-missile system on no information that a missile was heading towards him. Right? Yeah. And, you know, why did he make that decision? Right, And, and when you start looking at the responses, uh, the human brain, is very good at picking up small subtle differences and and you know you may want to call that intuition you may want to call the gut feeling but you know it gets processed as emotion yeah but and then the emotion is the gut feeling
0: but 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 the
1: the the emotion is the outcome of of some detection of something that was just not normal or something was out of the ordinary right uh, and there 's some you know there is there 's actually a number of books on neuroscience that are written about how emotions are the output of computations or calculations that your brain has made, and, yeah. and you call that a gut feeling so so you walking into a room with a whole bunch of crazy people that have the bad vibe it is your brain surveying the room, seeing you know there 's a whole bunch of grumpy people you know that will and be reading the expressions oh, yeah, the yeah. expression in their faces they 'll be reading their you know, the their body the language, little. you know, all these subtleties that will process that really fast and you're gonna get the output of that process, of oh, that process, and then that comes down. You feeling uneasy and saying it's a bad vibe. No. There, there is so so there are answers to your questions. It's just there may not be in physics and chemistry, but and there be biology. Some other but that's biology
0: because this. Then when you said that, I, I kind of think thought about because then suddenly when your body picks up on those subtleties, teas, then there's a chemical reaction that goes on that puts you into fight or flight mode that then lets you mm. secrete adrenaline or like something to. You know, react to those situations.
3: I I wanted but to that's... ask you a question about premonition, and it's kind of the concept of time moving in both directions. At the you know, time moves both forward and backwards, right? It's kind of like right. it it literally has to. It's it's the way Why? E equals MC squared. It's just like it's an equation. There's no time direction in it though. And what my question is is. I've been t- well. I read this article one time, and it sounded really interesting to me. It's like there's what they were trying to say is that there is no such thing as a premonition. It's just that time, since it goes in both directions, we actually understand that time's going backwards at the same time. So it's coming, bringing us information from the future, and telling it to us now, and then continuing on. You know that so time is moving. The way um, we're programmed, we think of linear time as only going in one brain, direction. Yeah. But it's like there's... And in yeah. this and in this article, it was really interesting because people were saying... Were, they were describing buildings that were being built. Or they described a building, right? And then like 20 years later, that building got built exactly like they thought it would, exactly as they described it. In the same place where they said it was going to be, and everything else, where they had this premonition about this building, right? And it was just like, and they they gave all these different examples of like, like all those uh, weird things of, of the Simpsons of, episodes. Well, yeah, no, 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 this just is can, now, like, this is for real, man. <laughs> no, no, but you know, like how they had all those episodes of like yeah. like
0: um, uh, um, Trump being the president yeah, of the United yeah, exactly. States, and yeah, then yeah, ten yeah. years later, yeah, hang 10 on, to years like later what it
3: happens? But they were also, they were showing, like, on graphs, they were showing, um, it was a bell curve, is what it was. And you're here, and i Wait, is it coincidental?
0: Like, how much of that's coincidental? Like well, it- well,
3: no, this is what I... But what I'm trying to ask them is, does time move in both directions? And does this have anything to do with premonition? And in it, they were showing a graph of a bell curve. And they were measuring something random random number generators or something like that. And what they were doing is they were finding out that like around a bell curve, there was more variation in the random thing (laughs) than what it was supposed to be. Right. And it only happened in that particular time. And they were saying that explains why time is going in both directions and why we do get premonitions because we've already experienced
1: it. Mm -mm. Well, you know, the the thing about premonition is at least in my experience and I had premonitions, I had premonition when my father passed away, you know, there there are always premonitions up on 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 um, on events that may have a really big impact on you, right? Um, so I I know time moves forward. It's very difficult energetically or thermodynamically for time to move backwards and we'll have Incredible consequences if that was the case. Um, why do you have premonitions about, say, your your family member passing away? I have no idea. That you have them, you have them, right? Mm. I'm not going to deny that we all had that experience. If but you have- but but do you? you do you need the, the thing? The thing is that we. A lot of people want to make science out of everything. Mm. Right. Do you need to?
3: Well, I want a time machine.
1: You know, That's do, do, why I'm asking so, this question. But yeah, man. but wanting a time machine is a different thing as to why do you have premonitions? Okay. And I don't know if they're connected, but do you always want science to answer everything? And I think there's a great, a lot of people have interesting ideas about the world. And, and they, you know, some, some of them are just crazy. I mean, just crazy ideas about the world. And, and they feel that they have to use science to validate the crazy ideas. Well, sometimes you just don't need to. You know, science, science, is, science is not the ultimate arbiter for everything right and and we should stop using that it informs our it informs our decisions it informs our way of seeing the world and it's something that evolves the science of the 19th century is different from the science of the 20th it will be different from the science of the 21st okay so so we should we should you know give the world a break and not try to make science out of everything right science will evolve and we should use that science to inform our decisions and to inform our viewpoints um so so i, I don't want to sit down and take a position on that i will not take a position on yeah. that i don't think it's helpful. i want to
3: know something else to being a scientist and seeing things you know that you know it's like you're 100 you're, you're very confident that it's reality okay you're you're Your theory has proven itself that many times, and you think it's real. And you know, it's like until you get somebody to you know that can prove it's wrong. It's it's a theory that you're pretty comfortable with. And does it frustrate you when politicians you know say that fucking climate
1: change isn't happening? Absolutely.
3: That would fucking you know, like you. I I just wonder. Yeah.
1: And I think I think I think we need to be you know politicians need to be held accountable. Uh, it frustrates me deeply that politics is now biasing science. You know, we're going back to the days of Galileo, where Galileo knew that the world was round, but, you know, he was jailed by the Catholic Church because they had a viewpoint that it was flat. We're right in back of those dark ages uh, if we allow this to happen. Politicians must be held accountable. They must be held accountable by the scientific community and by the population. And I think what
3: R- really why doesn't, that happen? Is, why doesn't that, that happen why doesn't that happen
1: well the, the thing that is happening at the moment that is a thing something that should should disturb all of us is is, is that the truth is dying now of course truth is can be very subjective but you know they are facts There are facts that we know are scientifically testable There are recordings of events that we know have happened or have happened in particular ways uh and uh because of the social media and the internet and, and all the other media outlets that we have, uh, people now feel that they have the right to their own versions of facts that that support their viewpoint um, this is actually and, very interesting and, because, and I think we need mm. to stand against that i think I think if science is going to play a role in holding people accountable is, 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 is in areas like climate change, that affects everybody you know it, it, it will It it, it has existential effects in our society. We don't have another planet to run away to. There isn't a plan B. This is what we have. It is this Earth. It's in this solar system. It's in this part of the Milky Way. And there isn't another one. And if there is another one, we don't know how to get there. So, so, uh, So we're looking at a situation where the world can fundamentally change in the way that it supports life within our own lifetimes. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, that's uh, within our own life, and definitely within the lifetime of our children, uh, this is a moment to act. Absolutely, it's a moment to act, and it's absolutely. This is where we need leadership. Uh, we need sacrifice, and we need to be electing leaders that we can hold accountable, and they will uh, understand facts. We can agree to the facts collectively. And 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 make the sacrifices towards a course of action that you, we have a plan. Do
3: you feel it's almost like I actually feel it's criminal, you know, that they know. I mean, they've been told it's by scientists criminal. that you know this is a problem. Yeah. This is going to probably yeah. change the course of the Earth forever. It's, it's, I, I, you know, like it's like these guys that are fracking, you know, for natural gas. They're getting money out of fracking natural gas, right? It's going to, those things that they're doing are going to last maybe 20 years. They're going to pull natural gas out of the earth for 20 years. They're fucking the groundwater table forever. Mm. You know, they're going to walk away in 20 years and we're going to say, you have to fix it. And they're going to say, good luck with that. You know, they're not going to do it, you know, but they're going to make a short term gain at the cost of the planet, at the Mm. cost of every generation that comes afterwards. with contaminated groundwater, and it's like I cannot is believe that the, happens.
1: The biggest, I mean, fracking is one of the symptoms of the greater problem, and the greater problem is is that um, you choose the information that suits you. Um, and the biggest victim at the moment is humanity through climate change. Fracking is just a you know it's some another part of it, some yeah. part of that larger yeah. larger story. Um, the we we've got. Education, I think, is really important. Uh, Getting people to understand science and how science works. Educating them with the facts. um, Making sure that, you know, when false information crops up, that it's labeled false. It is false. People understand that. And we've got to start sharing the same truth. If we across the planet, do not share the same truth. We will never reach the agreement that is needed to make progress. And I feel at the moment that we don't share the same truth. If we have elected politicians that... Uh, are going against what the scientific evidence uh, shows, suggests, yeah. uh, and deny ever the exi- you know the existence of these conclusions, or that that evidence is correct, or because it just does not agree with their viewpoint. I think that's something that we should be holding people accountable it, to. We,
0: we we hit a little charge word before, and it's like one thing that I've noticed with how society is now is like that. Um, well, it might have always been like this, but something I've observed lately is like we have these charge words where fracking gets mentioned or climate change gets mentioned and people just switch off you know because they 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 don't want i think it's because they don't want responsibility or like they don't want to know so before we go too deep into this conversation i wanted to ask you is because for some reason like lately lately i've been meeting a lot of like climate change deniers that people think it's all hokey hocus pocus and are ready and don't mind littering or not or just I don't know, like... People that just think it's someone else's problem and it's not really a thing, right? So before we get into that, I know that there's a lot of people and there would be people listening to this that are climate change deniers. So before we go into this conversation, I just wanted to know what you would say to a climate change denier to change their mind from a scientific point of view, because it's like I had some people talking. I was sitting around a table um, at Christmas night, actually, and everyone started talking about the hocus pocus around climate change. And it's always the same thing. Like, oh, like the planet just goes through stages, whatever, we'll be fine. It's always been fine. And I just, and I, I I made one comment. I was like, yeah, the planet might end up being fine, but we won't be like, or something. And then I started this whole thing. I was like, oh, I'm not even, you know, it's like these things. It's like when I, when I was doing construction work, it's like, I know not to have an opinion on these because it's like these people have been sold a certain story to the, by the politicians or whatever. It's like, and now Mm. they're on that side. And it's like, okay, if we want to change these things and build awareness it's like what would you say to that person to sell it straight away or like what would you say wow
1: that's that's a really high pressure question actually uh the the thing that does it for me and i have looked at the evidence and i have asked the same questions myself you know how do you tell the difference between the variation the, natural variation that, that, cycles that the and stuff has like gone through over millennia versus this you know and and, and the thing that um uh, sticks out in my mind as, 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 the, as the key bit of evidence that alarms me is the space of time. Changes have been occurring on the planet, uh, certainly through, you know, from the beginning of its creation. The timescale has been measured in hundreds of thousands to millions of years. Here we're measuring change over Decades. So, do you mean, as in, like water temperature, like changes in water temperature, changes in CO two content in our atmosphere, the rate of changing, of melting of glaciers, all of these things are happening extremely rapidly at a rate that has never been recorded uh, in, in in the history of the planet. The trend trends mimic other events that have occurred on the planet but not over this time scale. it's happening way too fast and the the thing that the data shows it correlates beautifully with all the things that we've been pumping out in the atmosphere so i believe that there is a direct correlation and i believe that the timescale where you know is is alarming it and and it rules out what you would call a, a, a natural change in in the climate of the planet, and there has been many recordings of changes mm. in the climate of the planet through throughout its history, so this is the thing that alarms me, but the acknowledging that there is climate change comes though with the fear and perturbation of how? What does that mean for me? Yeah, and is it going to affect problem. me? Is it going to affect me personally? Is it going to affect my family? And is this actually real, or is it some part of some you know liberal left wing, you know fluffy plot to get me to sit down and hug whales, uh, or hug trees or whatever? Yeah, it's going to affect us. It's going to affect us in a negative way if we don't do anything about it. If we are going to do something about it, it's still going to affect us. the The, the choice that we have is. Do we want to be in charge of our future or do we just want to just let the world, uh, the ecosystems collapse and Mm -hmm. then we will not be in control, we will not be in charge because we'll be at the mercy of nature itself. And, And so do we want to deal with our problems and face them? and be honest about them, or do we just want to avoid them? And by doing that, whenever you avoid them, they come back to you, and they come back to you 10, 100 times
0: fold. Yeah, I think life's just too easy. So people... Um, people well, it's last...
3: easier not to, to believe it's not going to happen. Yeah, but because it's Because you don't have to change anything that way.
0: It's also in the world that we live in today, it's like, it's it's easy to survive. It's yeah. like we have what we don't know what it's like to go, like right now we're in an extreme drought, yet we're still, still turning on our tap. Yeah, we're you know still what I mean? So we're way. hearing this thing, extreme drought, but yet we still turn on, on our tap. Yeah. But like 50 years ago, 100 years ago, extreme drought meant people were freaking... Um, they would starve. Yeah, yeah they would, they would, starve, they would yeah. die. You they were dying, you know what I mean? And this isn't happening now because we've always... So like when you hear these extreme things, yeah. people we'll are take like, it oh, for well, I'm fine, yeah. I'm fine. But it's like, what if... Yeah, our,
1: our technology does shield us a lot from from you know the variations in climate. As you said, you know, we, we we can ship water from hundreds and thousands of kilometers away from us, right? Yeah. Before you couldn't do that. So if you had a drought in one place, you know, you you basically mm. died of thirst. Now you don't because you can bring water from yeah. a long way away. Uh, so uh, so yeah. a lot of the time we shield ourselves from the effects of climate change, but it's you know look it's it's going to come to a point that things uh, it's going to fall
0: apart a a friend said to me yesterday she goes you know what i'm going to live optimistic and that everything's going to be fine and not live in fear and if you're worrying about climate change you're just living in fear and you're a pessimist and and i said to her i said oh hold on a second i think there's a bit difference between living in fear and just like having rational like awareness or like just having awareness it's like so i just don't want to make the problem worse I'm yeah. going to live in an optimistic life and be happy and have a good time. But it's like when I'm driving along, I'm not going to throw my garbage out the window. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I'm going to try to limit the things that I yeah. do in my life. And it's like it's so easy. It's like, okay, it's like, all right, instead of if you get coffee, get a keep mug. you know. Yeah. So, and then it's like even go one step further. Why buy a keep mug when you can have a jar and put some rubber bands on it?
3: Yeah, well, why not be an optimist and make the world an amazing place? You know, what the fuck's wrong with that? You know, it's like you don't have to contribute to, like, destroying the planet to be an optimist. You know what I mean? It's like... You can be an optimist and have a great life, and I have good honor. I, I yeah. like her idea, the concept yeah, of enjoying yourself. Yeah, now, that's um, brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. But, I mean, doesn't mean that you know, it's going to not happen because you just think that it's not going to happen. Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah exactly. That's, it's that's, like, well, there's still facts you know, like to, shit kinda... in one hand and, and, and wish in the other and see which one fills up first. It's
1: like, come <laughs> on. <you know>? The, <laughs> the, 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 greener, the greener future is, is not a worse future it's just different. no it's awesome it's just different right? we just got to do something uh, to make and, it happen and, and that's and all maybe actually more sustainable and maybe cleaner yes. right but but it's it, it isn't about living in fear or living in not fear yes a, a lot of a lot of the way that climate change has been framed in the media is something you should be afraid of. It and you're going to lose and, and think, out. You're going to lose out if you fix reason it. Reason to be concerned yeah. about it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but that doesn't mean that we need to live in fear. We need to think about our world, and and we need to be managing it better. And that doesn't mean that and, it's living in fear. It could be and being be rational and, with and being science. rational about it and, and be and, rational. And, with and, and I think we, we should just be asking some really straightforward, rational questions. It's not. Um, it is not about living, you know, it's not about good and bad, good and evil, you know, living in fear, living in freedom. It is about taking control of the situation
0: that we have in yeah. front of us. Well, here's a question for you, right? Because we're talking about this and we're talking about all these problems and being... Now we're talking about being optimistic, all right? So we just talked about these, you know, problems with climate change. And and, and I find the general census with, with the population or just with people I know is like it's someone else's problem, you know? Mm. But it's like, what can we're sitting here talking about problems but what about solutions is what as you as a scientist do you think we should be putting our energy as like as the individual like or sh- how should we be voting like how should we like is there things yeah. that we can be doing like growing our own food or like so so I, I think you know thinking a little bit
1: about where there was a lot of projections I will come to your question I just want to make I'll come to answer your question I just want to make this comment yeah we, the, the world community and the scientific community start looking at, you know, okay, how, what do we need to do to get more efficient solar cells or better batteries to be able to enable a fossil free future, okay? And the projections 10, 15 years ago of what you could do with that technology were, have been exceeded. So if you make the investment and you put the time to do the research, uh, actually you ended up finding that you can make far better solar cells and far better batteries than you thought you could, right? Mm. So so there's a realm of possibilities out there that most likely will outperform our expectations in, in developing green technologies, okay? What the public should be doing uh, is stay informed, be educated, understand the facts, right? Share the same facts across the board, okay? And... And support um, investment in developing solutions that that will have a big effect in in winning the planet away from fossil fuels and getting the CO two content of our air down. Okay, uh, you could make you know you could do many things. You could put solar cells in your roof. You can have your compost. You could save water. You you could do many things on a local scale that could have a lot of impact. But fundamentally, I think we need to be Supporting the technologies, share the facts, and not be afraid of a future that tackles climate change. It's not about doom and gloom. It's about a different future that Mm. we can control on our own terms, as opposed to... Just letting things go and just hope for the better. And I think what we're doing right now is we're just letting things go and we're hoping for the better. We hope that we're always going to have water. We hope that we will we will never, you know, the sea levels will not rise. All these things. All these things are not plans. So it's just hope. Hope is not a plan.
3: Let me right? ask you a question. You need to
1: have a plan. Dimitri, I have
3: a question for you. It's like... uh how do you feel about the Extinction Rebellion people? It's like, for, I'll, let me just say a little bit about it. It's like for me, it feels to me like they're kind of the smoke alarm in your house. You know, it's like they're telling you, you know, they're, like they're, the extreme warriors. Well, no, I just think it's a smoke alarm. You know, like right now, Extinction Rebellion. Okay, you might What's be Re- Extinction Rebellion. is all these people like in Brisbane and Sydney and all these, around the world, actually. That are causing chaos in cities, you know, stopping traffic and doing all these things to bring attention to the fact that there is climate change and that we have to do something about it, right? So, Extinction Rebellion is a movement that's become a worldwide movement, and I'm really, I'm excited about it. Okay, because I look at it more like it's an incon. Your smoke alarm's an inconvenience, right? It goes off, and you hear it, and it's like, fuck, I got to get up and, you know, check yeah, and see if there's a fire. Like, or, fuck, you know, that, s- thing's I'm that thing's annoying. That thing's really annoying. But if there's really a fire and that thing goes off, wow, it saved your life, right? That's awesome. You know, it's like, yeah, that thing was annoying, but it actually saved my life. And I think of Extinction Rebellion and what they're doing is it's annoying to people. You know, they get to work late. You know, they stop traffic. They do this. They do that. And it's annoying, but it's a smoke alarm. It's like they're actually at some point what they're trying to do is say, look, the planet's on fire, man. It's like we have to do something about it now. We don't have time to sit on our haunches and, and wish that you know, wish that somebody does something or think that, you know, somebody's gonna solve that problem mm. in the future for us or something like that. I love these I love what these guys are doing, but how do you feel about people that are doing stuff like that?
1: I, I think um I think the issue of climate change is really serious and we should be dealing with it in 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 ways that engages the public. Not polarize the public, uh, so but engage the public. Against it?
0: Hmm? Is that because that turns people against yeah,
1: it? Yeah, just no. It, yeah, it just turns people against it. It just turns them off, right? And an annoying fire alarm. Yeah, maybe telling you, um, maybe telling you that there's something really serious in your house. But you may have burned the toast, and the fire alarm is just really an annoyance. So, so I think I think when we try to have a debate and a rational, informed debate dealing with real facts which we all share we should be doing it in a way that it does not polarize society um and i don't want to make any comment about extinction rebellion or or any other movement similar to that i think at the moment we are lacking the vehicle to have that debate because of the political um yeah. of the political standing that we have the political situation we have in a lot of western countries that somehow the 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 one faction is pointing to the the to um is polarizing the debate and it's pointing to extreme elements of that debate extreme actors in that debate to make their point Mm. and 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 that is actually deflecting the 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 argument the the debate from where it should be so you talk about extreme behavior and polarizing behavior of certain actors as opposed to the real situation at hand so i really i fundamentally think that if we're going to be making progress we need to be having a rational debate that includes the largest possible cross section of our society and 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 you've got to go away from actions that polarize right because mm-hmm. rationally people will say Either the toast is burning or the house is on fire, to use your analogy. Like but you want to have a debate wolf. where says, this is really serious and we need to take we need to take care of this. Like,
3: yeah, but I think that that's been happening for a long time. People have been yeah. signing petitions for fucking 20 yeah, years. Yeah, sure. You know, but about you know, it. when, and when stuff, you have science... People, like, when you well, have wait a minute. Science? Let me just finish. Let yeah. me just finish. It's like, you know, we've been signing petitions saying, you know, we got to get our politicians to do something about climate change, you know, sea level rising, all these sorts of things and it's like it's almost like okay yeah great show us your petitions okay get out of here we're you know back to business you know what i mean it's like we don't care really we're not going to do anything about it cuz we're making so much money out of yeah, making this stuff money instead of making but the it next that.
1: election we didn't hold them accountable then we elected them again and we're exactly, going to continue to exactly but i them unless that the, we hold them accountable. but i think that the but i think you know like
3: drastic times need drastic measures yeah. almost in a way it's sort of like you know, it's like, yeah, like, how it's how do you like, get well, awareness it's like, like, it's do it do like Sea Shepherd, you know, like Sea Shepherd It was, you know, like, you know, until, you know, we've been telling the Japanese, don't go down here and kill our whales in the Antarctic, right? Don't do it. It's against the law. You know, we've got the whale whaling association of the world, you know, saying it's an illegal thing to do. So what do they do? They, they change the rules. They say, Oh, it's just experimental. We go down there and we just get enough whales to experiment on them. So it's not really a problem. And everybody knows that the fucking whale meat's showing up in their door, you know, in their shops, their 7-Elevens and everything else. You know, it's like they're selling it. They're using it. They're doing everything they want to do. And it's an industry that doesn't give a fuck what anybody else thinks. Right. And it's like, okay, so finally Green or finally Sea Shepherd goes down there and causes a ruckus, runs into them and stuff, you know, and just does all these insane things to make it actually really, really difficult for these guys, these criminals to go down there and kill the whales. Right. And it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, God, thank God somebody did something. You know what I mean? And because it's kind of like, we would have just kept saying, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that until all the humpbacks were extinct. And look how much awareness it spread.
0: And yeah, that, and everybody's aware of it. And do it's you want to know something?
3: I wear a hat that says, you know,
0: yeah. s- a sea shepherd on it, you know? Yeah, and you want to know something? And one thing that I've noticed as well is how many whales migrate now. Yeah. Like, as a kid, I've grown up on the beach. And watching the males, the whales migrate, you know, and it's like now the numbers, like I've seen in my lifetime, a dramatic change. There is a lot more whales now. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? population's come back. They were yeah. always watching, yeah. And it's just like, okay, that is a, that is what what you're saying, these extreme circumstances, a positive ex- example. Because I kind of get what you mean. You just made a really good point. Because it's like before, it's like, okay, we'll wait and do it. We'll play it by the books and do it all the nice way until people kind of get it but it's like no it's like science like it's a bit different when they're when there's science it's like no this is actually real we need to get awareness quick and it's like right now it's like it's a it's a time it's a time bomb it's like where there's
3: people creating misinformation lying about it just because they're making a lot of money out of it Mm. and they're just doing all these things it's obfuscation i mean it's like they're trying to hide the truth from us actually
0: i want to say something to every person that whenever i talk about pro environment says to me that that, um, yeah, but I drive a diesel car or that, but I drive a car on the road. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I love that, yeah. that, that. But that, I think comments like that, they're definitely not helping because it's so narrow minded. It's just like, yeah, it's like there's pros and cons to all the technology we have. And that's what I need to drive a car to live in the society that we have created. But it's like, there is other ways in my life that I can limit my impact. Mm. So I was like, I, I really hope that people can stop having that narrow mind when we get into these subjects like this that are backed by science and people like they kind of like want to not take any responsibility and say like when you're like kind of just talking like pro environment or like something to to actually help us all yeah to be like well you drive a car
3: you know like yeah that's a ridiculous thing to say yeah Yeah, i know but it's just like
0: that is so common like think about that in like you know like we hear those arguments all the time it's just like
3: yeah, we're, none of us are perfect. We're all kind of screwing it up, you know. And it's like, but yeah. that's not an excuse to stop screwing well,
0: it I'm up. Well, I'm just, I think my point with that is it's just like, yeah, we're always going to have an impact, yeah. but it's like being aware of the impact that you're having and being aware where you can limit your impact. It's yeah. like right now with the systems that we have in place, until we create better systems, we are always, and even with other systems we're creating, we're always going to have an impact, right? Mm. But it's like being aware that everything we do is creating an impact. And being aware that it's like there's parts in our life where we can limit it. Like as in like bottled water. My, i my, I'd noticed my stepdad the other day, his work gives him bottle two or three bottles of water every day. And there's this big plastic bag at the back. And I said to mom, like, what's the go of this? You know, all these plastic bottles. And she's like, oh, he gets them free. He doesn't buy them. I was like, well,
1: you know, can like, I'm like, you yeah, like, <laughs> know, yeah, but he can still them. just
0: take a water bottle. You yeah. know what I mean? And like within like two weeks, there is this massive Plastic bag at <laughs> the back, filled with plastic water bottles, and I was just like, "Well, there's one really thing there. Like, okay, that's one person could choose. He could um, buy a water filter. You know, if you if you don't have the the money for that, there's like other ways of filter if you want to have filtered water. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you can have a water bottle, and it's going to be cheaper in the long run. Like, if you are buying bottled water every day, like you know, it's just like it's going to be more." Efficient, it's going to be more economically viable for you to make that short-term investment. You know, it's like a keep mug, like with coffee, or yeah, like I just, love that my baby. mates. Yeah. I just love my mate. He just said to me, "He goes, but even with a keep mug, we've created another product that is, still has energy going into it. and Like it's like, yeah, it's still. He said, "It's it's better than the last option, which was like you know, um, taking away things that we have to put back into." like recycling and, and just being made but it's still another product that has to be made and he's like where he he's a um sustainable expert um, down in Sydney and he was telling me where he's trying to get awareness across is with reuse and like where you can instead of like solving a problem with st- starting another smaller problem or like starting another like thing to solve that problem he's like try and use what we have so he's like instead of buying that keep mug mm. he's like we've got jars, we've got rubber bands at home. He said he's always got jars, leftover jars. He said he keeps the jar and he's like, whenever he buys vegetables or the mail or whatever, there's always rubber bands. So he put put all these rubber bands around a jar and like, fuck, it looks cool. But he said to me, this is what he said to me, but this is the problem. He said to me that, he said that things are trends, right? And he says, so his job is to sell. So he has to come up with systems, right? For companies and for the population that he said the only way to sell systems sustainable systems are to make it easier mm-hmm. like so more efficient and more economic economically yeah. viable right, and then make it trendy, so um, you know what I mean so he's like he's like, yeah, this keep car he's like this jar with rubber bands on it and he's like that's not going to work unless I make it trendy. It's like I can put this out and put an awareness to the population, but as soon as I get like it a trendy and make it a cool thing, it's like everyone's going to do it. So he's like, that's what he has to sell. He's like, that's. I like this. So he's yeah. like, yep. he's literally has to sell to the population for us yep. to be more sustainable. Yep. He has to sell it to you that it's cool. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He has to sell it to a company. It's like they're just dumping all their garbage in this one thing. It's easy. They just go like... They put it all in there. They don't need to recycle, do anything. They put it there. He's got to f- come up with a system that's going to be more cost-efficient for the company to want to do it because then they get the thumbs up, the green thumb. And he said when it comes down to it, corporate business, don't really care too much about… The profits, man. Yeah, no. He said but, <laughs> but they, they, they love having about, that green tick there to say, yeah, hey, yeah. there, but they don't really yeah. care. You know, They're only going to do it if it's cheaper for them, you know, and then they get their green tickets. So a, it's a win-win, yeah. you know, and I'm sure there's a lot of companies that don't, that are uh, like Patagonia. Right. They're a brilliant right. company that are, you know, aren't like yeah. that. But yeah. but he was saying like, I just found that so interesting. And it's like, okay, there's science here and everything, but it doesn't matter. He was saying what matters is trying to make it trendy, yeah. cost efficient and easier. Because like, we're constantly looking for something. to so say. he's got to tell that company, okay, well, what we can do is we can, put these bins in this area so now it's like less energy for you to get there now what we're going to do is we're going to have two bins now we've set up a third party that's going to buy your recyclables off you so what we want you you to do is like split your recyclables it's now going to be easier now you're making money off it so it's going to be like you know he's he's going to sell it otherwise people are just like nah
3: yeah yeah well until we actually start to internalize the cost of production into companies you know finances It's never going to change, you know, because it's like it's they're driven by profits. They're psychopaths. You know, basically a corporation is a psychopath. It's it's not even in the bylaws. It's not even allowed to have a moral judgment on stuff as long as it makes money at the end of the day for its shareholders that it's it's obligated to do that. And if it doesn't do that, you can actually get in trouble as being a CEO if you're not actually honoring that commitment that you have to the shareholders. So in
1: it's. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just, it's so interesting. This is the thing about the green technology They, you know, this perception that somehow, you know, a lot of climate skeptics may have is that somehow you may have a, an agenda to, you know, drive people out of business. It costs jobs you gonna and all that. Are going to lose your jobs at mining? Yeah. And, and, and the reality is, you know, the world is not going to be serviced by, you know, having, you know, going, going back to the Stone Age and having yeah. no businesses. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we need jobs. We need, we need to make sure that the people are employed. We need to have commerce. It's just a different way of doing things. Mm. And, and, and of course, you, you've got to market it to people. You've got to sell it to people. Mm. That's why I want to go back again to the, you know, what I was saying earlier. You need a wide consensus. If you're going to be, you know, honestly going after saving the planet, you know, you need a wide consensus, and you need to have a consensus where, you know, um, people get on board. Doing things like what you described is a way, great way of getting people on board because we're not after destroying countries or destroying economies. You know, no ultimately, way, yeah. we just want to have a healthier planet, right?
0: Mm. Um, you know, there are many paths to that.
1: And, and, and you've got to bring people on
0: board. There's a sign at Kingaroy um, in the back of Brisbane. It's a mining town. There's a sign there that just a big a Big billboard. There's two of them. I think the first one says, um, more mines, and the second one says, more jobs. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and out there, uh, there, there's this, uh, no, I was cool. doing a con- construction job out there, man. and there was, um, there was, uh, this lady that I work with, and across the back of her car has this massive sticker that says, fuck the greens. And oh, I always find it quite interesting, but it's like, I, I notice out there, it's like, um, In towns, it's like, okay, that is what they're being sold, like, as an ideology. It's like, okay, so, and what I find, too, is that the consensus consensus in in areas like this where they're being sold this is, like, you know, that is literally what is, is being advertised to them.
1: You know, they see that every
0: day. They read that. So, of course, that's what they start believing in. And, and I and I find that it's like it's a survival net mechanism because exactly what you're saying. It's like, okay, like, and I you see it out there. People get very defensive straight up as soon as you're being pro-environment because that means it's taking away their survival. You know, it's like you're taking their job away. They literally see you as going to take their Real job threat. away. Yeah. You know, yeah, they see you as a threat. So they see your ideology as a threat. But I don't think that it's like, as you're just saying, it's like this is one technology that's going to... It has to change. It's going to be constantly changing. So it's like it either can change now or we can start changing it and adapt to it or it's just going to happen radically because we're going to have,
1: have yeah.
0: no other option.
1: Because a political party decided to frame the, the issue of climate change in one way, that doesn't mean that you always have to frame it that way. Yeah. Right? Like that, so yeah. it is not about jobs means minds you know do you want minds or do you want jobs and i think most people would say well actually what they want is jobs they want a livelihood and they want to continue to live in their communities um you can do that many different ways yeah right you don't need to do it only with minds the the thing that we got to be thinking is what's the proper way of framing the question and 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 also be sensitive to people's real concerns Mm -hmm. um and 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 be honest to them you know Perhaps you may need retraining. Perhaps you need a guarantee that you're not going to get left behind. Yeah. Right. So, so um, let's talk about retraining people. Let's talk about better jobs. Let's talk about cleaner jobs. Uh, let's talk more about more rewarding jobs. Uh, and, and putting a plan and putting the mechanisms in place that actually would deliver these things to these towns. You also don't want these towns too empty. Right, there are communities there that have value. There are communities there that could be custodians of many different things. Um, so, so you know, let's change the discussion. Let's frame the discussion in much more positive terms, yeah. as to you know, as opposed to fuck the greens or jobs equals mines or mines equals jobs, whatever. You know, let's let's frame it in a different way. Um, that that is really lacking, I think. Um, for for people that are you know that are progressive and care about environmental issues you you got to take the step in looking at the world through these through the eyes of these individuals that find you as a threat and, yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 I, and I know a lot of Greens and you know, actually they don't see it like that It's in a very ideological way yeah. and, and then it becomes a battle of ideologies well you know mm, usually the, you don't win these yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. never a winner yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I say the same with, with veganism because I really I want more vegans in the world and it's just like for some reason it's like and, and, and a lot of my for some reason as a, as a whole I, I see them doing themselves injustice in because it becomes too much about the ideology yeah. Rather than like fact or theoriness, is like yeah. let's bring it back to the animals because you you find people hating on it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're getting off to- topic now. Yeah. Um, what
3: is the topic? I don't know. What was the topic? No, the topic was we're going to wrap it up. But what I was oh, going yeah, yeah. to I, I, I wanted. Oh, have yeah, to gonna cook. cook. He's yeah, going yeah, to cook. I wanted to
0: ask one last question just before we go. Yeah. Um, if you were to, you know, like obviously you're 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 a wise. Um, You're a wise elder. (laughs) Both of you guys are wise. I really uh,
1: resent that to be called an elder. (laughs) 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 I definitely don't
0: feel like an elder. You can feel like an elder if he wants to. Don't call me an elder. (laughs) As as someone that's, you know, like a a scientist and and, and with the knowledge that you've had, that you have throughout your experience in life, it's like, is there any advice or have we gone through it? Is Is there any things like insights that you would like could be as simple as, like, check your pockets before you give your mum your washing? Is there anything that you've learned in life that you want to pass on to everyone? Um, yeah. Advice-wise. I hope advice. wise. It's not that. <laughs> it won't be that. <laughs> what's, your, what's the advice you're leaving on? Mom?
1: There is only one reality, and it's the reality that we all share. We can... We can hide in our own bubbles, wherever we construct those. But in the end of the day, there's only one reality, and we share the same reality. And, and I think um, for the benefit of our societies and our worlds, and I'm just talking about climate change, I'm just talking about the, the general feeling around the world, we've, we've got to get back to having honest, civilized, tolerant discourses and dialogues with each other. Mm. And I think that is really severely lacking at the moment. Uh, we have retreated in our bubbles, in our comfort spaces, and I think we should not be afraid to, um, to venture away from these. And you know, we might get to feel a little bit uncomfortable, we may be challenged, but I think it's very important that we look at the same reality and, and participate you know, in the same discussion. Yeah. And not in different discussions. So this will be my parting words. Um, that's brilliant. I don't know yeah. how yeah, we're like going to do that. Uh, I don't know how we're actually going to do that. But, but I'm concerned that we're not doing that enough. Mm. You so think
3: artificial it- intelligence might help us with that?
1: No, no. I think it's about <laughs> people's minds and hearts. Yeah. Good, okay. And so, and, and, and accepting,
0: that. and accepting science and and fact of what's—it's uh, not just science. You know,
1: we got to agree on the same facts. That's what I mean about yeah. accepting the same reality.
0: Do you get frustrated as a scientist? Like as a scientist that studies, like you're studying atoms. It's like you 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 know about climate change. You're studying like the most intricate laws of the, the universe, right? Do you ever get frustrated with? Like those climate change deniers yeah. or like just like yeah, re- very extremely spiritual people maybe where it's like you're sitting here with like equations and fact and like no this actually is what it is and then it's like I'm sure like you you're, you seem like a really open minded person so you're, you're happy for people to have their opinions but is it I'm happy for people to have their opinions
1: absolutely and, and I'm not going to sit down and, and say that somebody shouldn't does not deserve them but let's agree on on the information that we have in front of us. Let's agree on, on the measurements and the facts that we have in front of us and let science... Yeah, because that's what we have sa- to work with sa- instead of living is, in hope. Look, science does yeah. not have a political party. Science is not a political ideology. Um, science is a tool that we use to inform our decisions and there is good way of doing science and there's bad ways of doing science. Let's choose good science and let those inform our our priorities and our decisions and let's do that in an independent and unbiased way this is what's not happening at the moment at the moment you've got situations where professional scientists are living government organizations because they feel political pressure to subscribe to a particular viewpoint that is actually robbing governments from informed decisions, yeah, totally. and that really concerns me. So so um, when I talk about not, you know, let's embrace the same reality, let's, let's be factual about this, and be driven by research, be driven by data, and ask the questions that emerge from, from that information, and not be afraid of that, um, then we can make progress. At the moment, I feel that we are not making the progress that is needed. Uh, on many fronts it could be on climate change it could be on, on social cohesion it could be on economics because it's just ideology driven uh, we believe in flat earths we we are not facing the information in front of us uh, and, and that gives me if that is what is going to happen but in our future, scary. I am, I'm very concerned about our future. Yeah, well, I, I suppose think, that I things, is where you become scared. What we, the advances yeah, that yeah. we have made in the last millennia will fall apart into <laughs> a dark age. And, and okay, I don't think that's going to happen, but that is what the
0: danger it's like, is. I, when you yeah. said that, I just pictured this guy like driving like 300 kilometers in, you know, in a really fast car straight towards a brick wall. And then someone going, hey, if you keep going, you're going to hit that wall and kill yourself. And he's like, no, I'm not. You know what I mean? How dare you! Yeah, and then yeah. next thing, he runs into a wall, and it's just like, hey, it's just like, you know, so, so, so I kind of get case, what you meant.
1: All this is a case of, you know, if you ignore reality long enough, reality comes back, and it's usually pretty angry. And this is exactly the analogy that you just yeah. mentioned. If you ignore that, there's a wall there. Yeah, you know, know, climate change. Yeah, reality is going to be really angry when put, it arrives. Yeah, I
3: wanted to say it's like all the bushfires that we're having in Australia yeah. right now. It's like all down the east coast, right, yeah, or all over the place. Perth, you know, yeah. even Adelaide. You know, it's, it's it, they're everywhere. It's kind of like existence is turning up the volume on you know the conference. Yeah. you know it's like yeah. it's like when you're supposed it's to hear something. Yeah, when you're supposed <laughs> to hear something, you know, like existence can tell it to you like quite quietly mm. if you're open to hearing it, mm. right? But it, when you don't listen, mm. the volume just mm. keeps getting turned yeah. up louder to, and louder to, to and louder. To the and point, that seems that you like can't what's happening. Ignore
1: it, and I think yeah. you know. I'm, I'm deeply concerned about those fires that we're having in Australia. Um, mm. My heart goes out to the people that have lost lost relatives and lost family and friends and lost properties. Um, I hope that this is a wake up call we can yeah. do something about this we can address this i
0: think but we have to take consider and we're going to have
3: to remove the politicians mm. that are standing in the way hey when I,
0: when you. i was up in the arctic that was something that was really there it was just it was just such a thing it's like their way of life has completely been changed in the last 10 to 20 years through climate, climate change team. and it's just such a big thing and everyone's talking about it up there and it's just like yeah because, because they've actually seen it it's like we don't see it as much here right where we are it's just hearsay and so it's able for people to, to deny it but yeah. when you actually go up to the Arctic where people are physically being affected by it every day well, the Greenland ice shit is going <laughs> yeah yeah and they're yeah. like you know what I mean? And it's just like when you when you're meeting these people that are actually affected by it, and they, you know, like through, you know, and they're seeing it happen so quickly, and you're like, "Wow!" I that was a big realization for me when I was up there. But you have to go. You got to cook dinner. Yeah. Um, thank you <laughs> so you know much. What? And you're going back to Denmark soon.
1: We're going back to Denmark on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Dimitri, you're awesome, dude. Thank you. Guys. It's like if you actually become a politician, I'm going to vote for you. <laughs> you <laughs> Not <prepare>. do But <laughs> well, you know, no. Listen, I mean, there, you brought actually a lot of clarity to a lot of different you know fields that we're mm. talking about but it's like it was brilliant that I was really just so enjoyed brilliant
0: it. just to ponder it was like you that was hurting my brain for a bit there <laughs> no it was it was just like there was I, I it was like everything you're saying you would finish a sentence and i would have like 20 questions and i would only get enough time to get out like one and then i'd see rio like wanting to ask you a question i'm like no, but I need it. So yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm so You know what, well, I enjoyed this the, tremendously Thanks for having me He's been
3: staying with us for the last few days And this is where my brain is just melted Talking to him <laughs> <laughs> so it's, like,
0: it's, it's been like, awesome it was, just, it was just opening up these world Of endless possibilities when you're talking uh, I
1: really enjoyed about. this This was this also challenged me a bit Because you know you got me out of my usual
0: comfort zone <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, awesome. thank you. Uh, let's
2: let's uh, go make
3: dinner. Uh, we'll yep. All right. All right. Love you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> so if you like this episode, please feel free to share it and leave a rating. And if you have or know of anyone with a wild story, please get in contact with me through my Instagram, Aaron Underscroll Shanks, or the website, diariesofthewildones.com, because I'd love to sit down over a beer or a coffee and hear it.
2: I'm not a
3: I do it like a double. (laughs)